How many of you believe in miracles? Yeah. All right. Even when it comes to your pastor and his message link. <laughs> Here's what the deal is. Today I have um, the privilege of, of traveling across state immediately following service. There's a close friend of ours, a family that, uh, who uh, entered into a eternal reward. She was 60 years of age, and um, the family is having a memorial service at 2 o'clock. And so immediately following service, when I get finished here, there's going to be people up here to pray for you. Uh, if necessary, but uh, it, it's a, like a two-hour and 49-minute drive, <laughs> so we're going to be late as it is to go across there, but we really feel like we need to be there uh, in support of this uh, family, and uh, is really in, in is really involved within the children's lives as well as with the um, other parents, so, and, uh, so her name is Mary, uh, who went home to her eternal reward uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, her, uh, she had a grandbaby uh, just a, about a week after she had passed, and so the dad's there, his friend, is, his name is John, and uh, so he, he's going to be going through today. I want to be there with my friends. So um, I would just like to draw your attention to what we're talking about, and it, it, it really is a piggyback from last week, but, uh, you know, last week we kind of co concentrated and zeroed in on probably the importance of breaking it down into small groups. Now, uh, in, in what we call here life groups, and there's, there's a desire that we have to see breakthrough. Now, we want to have a breakthrough. Go ahead with the next slide, if you would, from, isola from isolation. One of the biggest things that the enemy is trying to do for us, as far as in the world today, is to make us feel alone. If you would talk to every dis depressed or discouraged person, many times a common denominator of all the people and what they're feeling is that they feel like no one is there for them or they feel alone as far as in what they're experiencing. They feel just just weird in, 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 in what's happening. And that's what the enemy plays on. But if you could surround yourself with people, both in the large group and in the small group, especially, that, that will help to, to just come against that force that the enemy is trying to uh, use to beat you down. And so this message that I have here today is just a kind of a piggyback of where we were left off last week, but going kind of the other way and helping us to understand the importance of community, okay? So breaking through isolation, we understand we've got to get small in order to get big, okay? And sometimes we're big and we have to get small. But here, I want you to go to the next slide, if you would, please. In John 13, 34, we said this last week. We said, a new command I give you, love one another. Now, Lots of people say, yeah, yeah, we get that. You talk about that all the time as far as the body of Christ. But talking about it and actually doing it is a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? It was so important that Jesus, when he was talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and he, he likes for the Spirit of God to work through us. So like, he likes to work through miracles. But he says, guess what? If you prophesy in my name, if you heal in my name, if, you, if all these gifts are operating through you, but you don't have love, you're like a clanging gong. You're just like a crashing symbol. He says, listen, I, 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 he, he'd rather us not try to do those things basically in his name if we don't have love. And so loving one another must be something we've got to figure out how it looks like, what it looks like, how it operates. So because he says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, we've been given a mission. And the mission is that other people would know that he is a reality, right? And that he has a plan for their lives. And if we miss it in this area of love, which is demonstrated through our understanding of community, then we're seriously sending them down the wrong path of understanding who God is and what he has planned for their lives. So the church is supposed to be operating as a community. 
The church is not a club. It's not simply a religious organization. But the church is something that, that, that is supposed to be managed by him, first of all. Not by me, all right? Managed by him. And then we're so, supposed to be working together as an organism. You know what an organism is, right? Something that's alive. We're not just an organization. We are an organism. We are put together with different cells. And, and, and some of us may not like the actual body part that we are. I don't know if you consider yourself the big toe, the pinky toe, the earlobe, you know, the nose, or, you know, I, I don't know what you consider yourself, or the elbow, but guess what? Every part of us is needed. Say every part. Every part of us is needed. It's so important. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 says, For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And goes on and talks about how we are, have been made many, but are now individuals as well, all right? So, a church, in our understanding of what church is, needs to change from a meeting you attend to a people who gather. You hear what I'm saying? It needs to change. It need, you, you need to shift. We need to have a shift because you shouldn't just be able to go to church because you are the church. You hear what I'm saying? You, you see, what's the church doing today? What's going on at the church? All right. We probably need to be a little bit more specific and say, what's going on at the church's facility today or something? You say, well, that's too many words. But you know what? Words shape what we think. And, and when, when we constantly refer back to the church as just the service, we're missing out on everything else that's happening in the church. You see, in our life groups right now, there are people who are helping to minister to one another, who are assembling together. And there's physical needs, there's, there's financial needs, there's spiritual needs, there's things that are going, and they're sharing life together, and they're being able to be helped to go to the next place. Now, that's happening. If you're a life group, you're experiencing that. But here's some things that I want us to understand today. Biblical community, all right, go ahead, next slide, if you will, please. There's power in community. We get it wrong, though, with regards to how that's demonstrated. We're not going to show those two videos, all right, that I was going to show. i gotta, I got to move on, so we'll fly by those ones in a minute. Go right here to biblical community involves intentionality. If you will, please, there we go. You got three things I want you to, biblical community involves intentionality, it involves unity, and it involves mission. The first thing I want you to understand about intentionality, all right, is this. And we said that Randy uh, Frazee said it like this. He says, the experience of authentic community is one of the purposes God intends to be fulfilled by the church. Authentic community, not a fake community, not us just gathering together. Listen, people can gather together um, in all kinds of different uh, settings, you gather together at work. Some of you don't. You're not close with people at work. It's maybe maybe an ungodly place, you know, for you. You're like, but guess what? When you come together, as far as in the body of Christ, God intends. Say, God intends. He purposes it, that we would find authentic community that would be fulfilled by the church, all right? How do we know that? In Acts chapter 2, verse 41 uh, and following, we're going to read here. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Verse number 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. 
Now, I've talked a little bit about this before. When you're sharing everything you've got with other people, it gets a little bit nerve-wracking because guess what? We don't know if that person I'm sharing things with is going to respect my material possessions or what I have the way in which I respect them. Come on, is it, can I be real? We get nervous about that. Someone has taken advantage. Someone has not, has not shown appreciation for either your time that's sharing. You share your time. You share your resources and finances. You share your, your material possessions, your guys and tools. How many of you ever not got a tool back the same way in which you loaned it out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or didn't get it back at all. Okay. How many of you didn't give it back yourself? You're the ones who did. All right, no, I didn't appreciate it. See, see something's happening here. But we have all things together, all right? We shared everything. This is intentional. This cannot be done with just on a whim. You literally have to look at everything you have in order to do this and say, I don't have anything I have except that God has provided it for me. <laughs> Just think about that for a moment. Because the carnal mind in the carnal world says, guess what? I've got what I've got because of how hard I've worked. But how many of you know it can be wiped away in a moment's notice? It can be taken away. God bless those people down in Alabama who's having to start their lives over because it was gone in a moment's notice. You know what I'm saying? Some of you have known what it's like to have a fire that swept through your property and through your homes and destroyed everything. Some of you have been in an accident and, and, and you saw how things changed forever. Guess what? You aren't guaranteed anything. So how about taking a biblical approach and being intentional about the things that we have, the time that we have, and begin to share it in a way that is just so freeing. If the Lord has given it to me, he could take it away. But if the Lord has given it to me, then it's mine to be able to use for his glory and for his kingdom. That's the intention that he would ha like to have for us today. Amen. And so we need to be intentional. It, we, we, you can't just go to church as a matter of convenience. My buddy in Florida, Jeff. I refer to him a lot. Close friend, probably my best friend. He, he just says, he says, yeah, Wally, he says, you know, uh, if it rains a little bit there, he says, then people aren't going to come out. But he says, but also, if it's too sunny, people aren't going to come out. <laughs> That's a no-win situation. You know what I'm talking about? As far as in Florida, you know, but God's blessed him there. But you, you, you ever listen to what some people say about why they didn't get to go to church today? You know, it's, it's just not convenient. You know, you know that time change thing. I mean, an hour sleep, you know, I lose an hour. You know what that's going to do to me? And you're all here today, all right? Give yourselves a pat on the back, all right? That's, yeah, all right. But guess what? You cannot make going to church a matter of convenience. It's got to be a matter of intentionality. You have to intention it within your heart and make a commitment to be here. You know what the national average is right now is that most people, and you may not be most, but attending church 1.8 times a month. That's scary. In evangelical churches. Thank the Lord that's not that what it is here. But there's some people who miss a lot. Now, I, I'm, I'm not down on you. I think you ought to take vacations. I think you ought to get breaks. I think, I, I, you know what? Do those things. Refresh yourself. But when you're here, you're here. President Theodore Roosevelt said this. He made a commitment to attend church on every Sunday, even after he became president of the United States. In all his years in Washington, he would always go. And when he couldn't go, 
he would send a letter or a phone call to the pastor and explain the reason he wasn't going to be there. I'm not asking for that. (laughs) But it speaks to the intention that he had. It means that there's correct priorities. It means that they steadfastly committed themselves to the apostles' teaching with intention, all right? The next one is this. Biblical community involves unity. Verse number 44. Now all who believe were together. Say together. Together. And we said it and had things in common. So continuing daily with one accord, the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of their heart. There was this intense sense of togetherness of unity the biblical term for this is koinonia colossians chapter 3 verse 15 it says and let the peace of god rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful you ever think about that when you look around and and if you're new here today i'm telling you we're trying to up the ante we're trying to up the degree of level of participation in each other's lives and if you want to be part of a church that's interested in you on a personal level not just a superficial level then guess what you found the right place because we're going to be that church amen but koinia is this joint participation is this common unity it's a shared purpose in our interest. It's, it's living the shared life. It's doing life together. It means that we can share our joys, our fears, our tears, our divine glory that God has worked within us. It's God's people hanging out together, doing chores together, right? I said doing chores together, right? Yeah, eating together, say amen. amen. Working together, playing together. Serving together, studying God's word together, growing together, laughing together, and even crying together. Come on. Some of you aren't, you're just like, okay, I get that. But are we doing it? Are we doing it? You see, I could show the areas of involvement and commitment that you have when we start to look at a couple things. Number one, your calendar. <laughs> we can look at your calendar, we can see the things that you're involved in, the things that you make as a priority. And then we can look at your checkbook. There it is. Go on talking about the finance again. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about even to here to the church. I'm talking about your checkbook and what you make an investment even in other people. How we share with one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 says, the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members should rejoice with it. Think about the power of unity. I want to tell you something. We can always accomplish more collectively together than we can individually. Did you know that 100% of the parts of a plane are non-flying? Let me say that again. 100% of the parts of a plane are non-flying. Whip it across the air. See what happens, right? With just a wing. With just a flap. With just a tail fin. With just the motor. It, does, it isn't until it's all, say all, all put together that you begin to fly. <laughs> and somehow, these non-flying parts all put together have enough ability, enough power to lift up 395,000 pounds of a Boeing 767 and cruise of altitudes of 35,000 feet at over five to 600 miles per hour. 
Put us together, church, right? Put us together, God. Put us together. What can we do if we were put together? <laughs> Lift off. Acts 2.47 says that the early church was praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their church daily those who were being saved. Amen. I skipped a point. Go to the, last, the third point. Is that we're a mission, right? Go back one, if you would, please. Biblical community involves mission. Adding to our number daily. <laughs> That's what I want to do. That's what should be what you want to do. If you're intentional and we're unified and we're on mission for what we exist for, there's a whole lot less arguments about what things go on. We can take all the ideas of all the preferences that we have about the styles of songs that we like, about the, the way in which the, the church is set up, the paint colors, the chairs that we sit in, the, you know, the backdrop, and all and, and just ask ourselves this question. How are we doing at communicating to people who are missing the mark, people who are lost, people who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ? He's got room at the cross for you. How are we communicating that? Because I would suggest to you that, that some of the things that we have done and we've, we've labeled and said actually was actually Bible, we have to do this because the Bible says that we should have to do this. There wasn't much, there wasn't all Bible supporting some of those things that we've been doing in the past. But what we need to do is that we need to get personal with one another. We need to get to be intentional with one another. We need to get unified on our mission. Listen, we know the commission Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. He says, I want you to know all authority has been given to me. This is his exit strategy. This is when he's going out of here. He says, oh, by the way, all authority has been given to me. I've already been resurrected from the dead. I'm walking around. I've just given you some assignments. I've been here with you for the last 40 days. And he says, and I'm getting ready to send out of here. But here's what I want you to do. Go, say go. go. Into all the world and preach the gospel, Right. I want you to go and preach. I want you to share this message. I want you to, 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 comm- to teach people the commands that we find about what it means to be a follower of me. Intention, unity, mission. How are we doing in that? Bow your heads with me, if you would, please. Praise and come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you've given to us this ability to be able to gather together as the body of Christ. Lord, we have to work hard to keep our eyes on you because it doesn't come naturally. Lord, the things that come naturally will also disappear naturally. But Lord, we're asking for you to do something in the supernatural realm for us. Help us, Lord. Just let this sit right now. What areas do you need help in to becoming a better part of the community and the body of Christ. Ponder that for a moment. As you say, help me, Lord. It's more than just mental assent. What good is it to say we go to church, but we don't be the church? Every head bowed and every eye closed still. Last week, gave you the opportunity to sign up for life groups. 
praise the Lord, we had two people who said they wanted to be facilitators of life groups. That's awesome. We had six people who, who wanted to be part of a life group who are not. Uh, praise the Lord for those six. But I'm telling you, it's not enough. It's not enough. We need to be intentional. Intentional and unified and missional. And if we're that way, God will bless our endeavors. We're here to help. We want to do this. And I, 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 with every head bowed and every close again, if you're here today and you're saying, I know the Holy Spirit is bidding me, he's telling me I've got to become more intentional or more unified or more missional. If, you, if any of those three things apply to you, would you lift up your hand in this place right now? Come on, where are you at? You know, you know your level of, of where you're at with those three things. And say, just in one of those areas, Pastor, it's hitting me. It's, it's right on. Good, good, good. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here today, and we said it earlier, but you need to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. He, he is the greatest relationship you could ever have. Now, maybe some of you have had him before, but the relationship was, it, it wasn't as, as enriching because maybe there were some things that you needed to do, dif do different. We're here to help you with that. On your bulletin, there's a connect card. You're making a relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to know more, then just check that off and, and let us know and we'll get in contact with you and try to show you the next steps. You can accept Jesus right now. It's a matter of your heart anyway. It's not, not anything that you have to do for me publicly. It's just what you get to do. But the beautiful thing is you want to share it. That relationship after you start to grow in him. So, Father, I pray for those who raise their hands. I pray for those, Lord, who said that I want to take the next steps at becoming intentional, take the next steps in being unified, take the next steps in being missional. I know, Lord, that your spirit is, is bidding me, calling me to, to do something different than what I'm doing now. I, I certainly cannot be the community that you wanted me to be if I do not implore these things in my life. So move in me right now.